Wednesday night, isn't it? Amen. It's wonderful. I am glad to be here. I'm just as glad to be here as any church service I've ever been in in my life. And I thank the Lord for that. It's good to be here. I'm glad I'm saved. I want to go ahead and start out first thing. And then Brother Terry's going to come and sing to us here. And we'll sing congregationals. But uh, Sunday morning, I, told, I just told Brother Terry, when the Lord gets to stirring, I, I lose my mind. And, uh, and that's okay, isn't it? Uh, these men are not drunk as you suppose. That's what, so I'd, uh, I'd absolutely out of the way and, and uh, announcement about prayer meeting on Sunday evening completely slipped me. Went back home. My sister and brother-in-law were there. Mom and dad was there. Of course, we're still just getting our bearings. Y'all going to have to bear with me. So we're, uh, we're, we're thrilled about that. But let's not forget to pray for the prayer room ministry. That's a one, that is a, I grew up in a prayer room, Brother Ron. And God touched my life in a prayer room praying amongst men. We've got... Women's and ladies prayer room. I love that. I love that. It's, it's absolutely. Prayer is not just a necessary. Uh, it's not just a necessary element of the Christian life. A Christian praying is like a fish drinking water. It's natural. And it should be natural for us. So take an opportunity to pray. And, uh, and we, we love that. So forgive me for that. I'm glad to be here on Wednesday night service. And I don't know about you, but I came looking for God to do something in my heart tonight. And I'm glad you're here. But Terry, come sing to us and we'll take up uh, prayer requests and worship the Lord. All right, page 26. There's city of Noah across the river.
seated. Um, I wonder right here if somebody just uh, one thing, maybe just one word you'd uh, want to say something you're thankful for tonight. Right, real quick before we take prayer requests. Something you're grateful for. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> well, I don't know if my wife would agree uh, if that's her most thing. She's great. She comes with it, doesn't she? That's a, amen. Well, I appreciate that, Sister Sue. Thank the Lord. Lord's good, isn't he? Appreciate you tonight. Anybody else? Amen. I like that, sir. Anybody else? Real quick. Amen. Amen. Yeah, thank God for grace. Amen. Yes, sir, brother. Thank God. Amen, sister Bobby. Thank you. Amen. Anybody else tonight? Amen. Amen. Grandson Amos. Yeah, thank God. It's good. Amen. If it, amen, Brother Tim. Thank God, Brother Tim. Amen, Brother Tim. Thank God. Amen. 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 Anybody else tonight? Wonderful. Wonderful. Yes, ma'am. Ma'am. I'll enter into his courts with thanksgiving. Amen. 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 One thing about desire of the Lord. Isn't this wonderful? Thanksgiving. Oh, we've got so much to be thankful for tonight. Something we do have to be thankful for is the fact that we can intercede on behalf of others. God's given us that. And we're, we're to intercede. We are interceders. Just as the Lord intercedes on our behalf, the Lord's invited us into prayer to intercede on behalf of others tonight. So let's take prayer requests. And Sister Bobby, not, if I may be wrong, but you write down prayer requests. Every, who does? Sister, okay. All right, good. Okay, good, good, good. I didn't know if I needed to be doing that. Or, all right, yes, ma'am. All right, all right, all right. Prayer request tonight. Come on with me. Okay. Kevin Dennis. Amen. Amen. Pray for this tonight. Anyone else? Yes, yes. Let's pray for Israel. Man, anyone else? Not. Yes. Yes. Okay. So you'll know more after the cardiologist appointment. Okay. Yes.
Uncle Herschel, Sharon, and Rick. Yes, sir. Uh, my brother Brian Dinsmore. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I remember Brian? You said it right. Brian. Brian Remember this name? Anyone else tonight? John and Debbie Dale. Amen. Brother John Dale, you said. Yes, sir. And his wife. sinners do. The Christian, the child of God needs the gospel. So our eyes will turn towards the Lord and that tonight. Just make it play softly. If you have if you're able and willing, uh, let's all gather around the altar. We're gonna have corporate prayer tonight. This is a precious thing in the eyes of God when his people gather to call on his name. No light thing tonight. This is not a thing of tradition. This is a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful thing. You seek his face tonight. Father in heaven, I thank you, Lord, for the privilege of prayer. Thank you, Father, for the reality of God, the reality. You hear your children, Lord, in this place. And I pray, Lord, Father, for each of these, for each of these tonight, Lord, we do humbly pray. Pray, Lord, in your precious, sweet Son's name, the name of Christ, that you would, Father, touch, Lord, tonight. In each of these situations, in each of these heartbreaks, health issues, spiritual conditions, God in heaven, I pray. Let's just go ahead and get in the Word tonight. How about that? Amen. Amen. The book of Luke, chapter number 10. Thank you so much, y'all. Appreciate that. Luke, chapter number 10. 
the book of Luke, chapter number 10. I love this text. I, I, I want to say this tonight. I, I, I love the Lord's Word, don't you? And there's nothing... Let me just say this tonight. In the book of John, the epistle, Scripture says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. And what is truth? Well, there's a lot of subjective things. You know, we live in a day and an age where truth is subject or relative. It's relative, you know. You, uh, I'll never forget, and I, I, I had a family member one time that I, that I loved dearly. And you would know every conversation gets started at Thanksgiving. Have any of y'all ever had those good family Thanksgiving conversations? No, and I, I wasn't, wasn't picking no fight, but I, I made the statement. I said, well, you know, above all, God's word is true. And, buddy, that did not set well. I said, well, that may be true for you. And, and that's the world we live in. That's the cosmos we live in, the, the situation, the culture. Everyone has their relative truth. But tonight, this right here that you hold in your hand, if you have a copy of God's word with you, it is truth. It is the essence of truth. God's word is the definition of truth. God has so elevated his word that he said he's, 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 he's elevated above his, his own name, the Bible tells us in Psalms. The word of God. And God help us to love it, look to it, learn it, lean on it, and live in it. And, uh, and, and, I, and I know God will bless tonight. And, I, and I'm interested in verses 38 through 42. And the Lord has been taking me through situations, through occurrences with himself here recently. And been just mystifying me with the truth uh, that's in these circumstances. And so we want to look here at Luke chapter number 10. We'll be brief this evening, and, uh, and, and let me say this, I, I didn't give anyone opportunity to give, Brother Terry, I apologize about that, I'm going to gonna have to get with it, but tonight after service, if you'd like to give in missions, they're offering plates here tonight, and I uh, want to give you free to give, the Lord loveth a cheerful giver, amen, Luke chapter number 10 and verse number 38, the Bible says, now it came to pass as they went, that he, Jesus, entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful. That's what we're speaking on tonight with the help of the Lord. One thing. One thing is needful, Jesus said. And Mary hath chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. One thing. One thing. We, we live in a world of, of priorities where priorities drive us. And I would dare say tonight that if you ask anybody out on the street, maybe at the mall or uh, at the grocery store or at the place of, that you work or the place that I work, wherever that place is, you would say, what are your priorities in life? Oh, my word, how those, how those would vary. Well, my priority is to provide. And, hey, that's a good priority. It's a wonderful priority. We're commanded to provide as, as men. And we're commanded to work. And, and, and that's not just limited to, to men. There's a whole entire chapter that deals with a, a, a woman. It's my, my wife. She's in here tonight. Proverbs 31. And I'm saying that to make up for... What I, the mess I made here uh, uh, a couple services ago. Um, but, uh, but no, I, I do have a Proverbs 31 wife. And, and uh, she's industrious and she works with her hands and she, she helps her family, provides for her family. And those are wonderful priorities. 
Wonderful, wonderful. And those are not out of line with the priority given in the Word of God. And, and, and you could ask several others, well, what's a priority for you? Well, education. It's a good priority. It's wonderful. Education is wonderful. Learning. Learning more about uh, histories and science. And I am a history buff. I love, love, love history. I'll consume any of it you give me. It was the only subject I was any good at in school. Uh, but uh, I, I loved it. Matter of fact, I thought uh, at a young age that maybe I might be a teacher of history one, one day. And, uh, and the Lord just so saw fit in my call to preach. There is history in this book. Matter of fact, the world's history is here. The history we need to hear is here. And so I'm grateful for that. But, but there's, there's many priorities. Making a living, our job, our, our social obligations. The obligations here, we can... We, can, we could go out tonight and ask what the obligations are of society and of culture and of the world, and they would be varied and be many. Uh, but tonight I wonder, and surely those of here that are on a Wednesday night, that I would hope all of us have believed the gospel, believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you have not tonight, I pray that Christ would draw you with cords of love to His self. That he would bring you to a knowledge of your need of Christ and your need of a Savior and your need of a crucified Lamb. And that you would come to him. But those of here tonight that are saved and know God and have come to Christ and have believed on him. Have, have, have heard the, the gospel of the Lord and of the Lord Jesus Christ and have believed on Christ. I wonder if I ask you to take a note in your hand this evening and say what's the one thing. What is the top priority? I wonder what the answers would be. And, and maybe even right now you're reeling over in your mind. Well, it's, it's this, it's that, it's this, it's that, it's this, it's that. As a Christian, it's, it's this and that. But this afternoon, every Christian has a one thing, priority. Now, being a Christian comes with many of those. But if we, if we lose Vision of the one, the one thing. It's not to say that this is not important and that is not important and this is not important. No, it's, it's the work and the ministry of the church and of the body of Christ. It is all detrimental. If kept in order. So this one thing, I wonder what it would be in your heart and that's what we want to talk about tonight the one thing the one thing that is absolutely necessary the one thing that is absolutely preeminent the one thing that is absolutely crucial to our life and to our Christian experience what is this one thing well in the book of Luke we come here in chapter number 10 from here on is the last 10 months or excuse me six months of our precious Lord's life. And, and Luke's writing is, is, is so interesting how the Holy Spirit uh, gives him uh, uh, utterance in, in this book, in this particular gospel. Up until now, we've seen his works. We've seen his, we've seen his uh, actions. We've seen what he's done, the, the healing, the feeding, the on and on and on. We could go about to what's transpired before this time. But from this time on... The imperative that the Lord is doing is teaching. And he teaches about many things from this point on to Calvary. And obviously on his way to the cross, he speaks of prayer. He speaks of, uh, he speaks of uh, uh, demonology. He speaks of, of his kingdom. He speaks of giving. He speaks of this, responsibilities of the child of God, responsibilities of the Christian but before, and, and, and matter of fact, it's interesting. If you'll study the gospel of Luke from this point on, it's, it's as though the Lord doesn't, that Luke doesn't even really mention locations where he's at. The last one we see mentioned is Jericho before he goes up to Jerusalem. But it's amazing to me, it's amazing to me how the Holy Spirit works here because it's almost as in the book of Luke that it's coming to this point before we go on and proceed on to the Lord's teachings and ultimately to Calvary, the Lord Jesus leads us to this one text. It's, a, it's amazing. 
Even, even in that, now it came to pass, as they went, he entered into a certain village, verse number 38, and a certain woman named Martha received him and her house. He didn't even give the location. And it's not about what's in that. It's not, this text is not about his geographical location in, in, in reference to the city or the town or the community, but the importance is that a woman received him into her house. What's important to, tonight is not that, 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 that you have, ha, have a exact coordinates of what's going on in your life. And there's so much activity that's going on here. And there may be so much activity going on in your heart tonight. But what is important is that you are willing to receive the Lord Jesus Christ into your home. And I pray that's true of every one of us. Tonight. And what is the home? Well, the home is the most intimate part of our possessions. And what is the, 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 the largest seat? In our, and, and, and when it comes to our affections, it's our heart. I pray you've received the Lord in your heart. One thing, though, is absolutely necessary. Let's move on. Verse number 38, she receives Martha, receives him in her heart. Now, there's three characters here. We have our Savior, we have Martha, and we have Mary. Those are the three referenced in verses 38 to verse number 42. We have a place. It's a village. It's a house. And this is what we know. So Martha receives him into her house. And Martha was determined to be a good hostess. And a good hostess she was. And let's be careful to not criticize Martha too much. Just like our brother Peter. Over all of his blunders. Because Martha was... Careful to invite the Lord in. She's the one that welcomed the Lord into her house. Martha did exactly what she was supposed to do. And she had a great desire to serve the Lord. I wonder tonight, do you have that desire to serve God? Do I have that desire to service, be of service, be the hands of Christ, be the feet of Christ, the mouth of Christ, the eyes and the ears, I wonder. And it, it is not a small point that Martha, of what Martha's doing here. It's a, it's a wonderful thing. That she would invite the Lord into her house. And serve Him and feed Him and care for Christ. But there's another character here and she's interested in another activity. In verse number 39, she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard His word. In verse 38, Martha received Christ into her home. But in verse number 39, Mary relished Christ. Mary sat at his feet and heard his word. Mary sat at Christ's feet and this frustrated Martha. In verse number 40, in so much that she assumed that the one who cared about her and loved her the most cares the least. Verse number 40, but Martha was cumbered about with much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me alone to serve? What an accusation to level at Christ. What an accusation to say that the one who loves me most, the one who cares for me, for me the most, the one who, the one who divinely orchestrates the, the care and concern and love for me, he doesn't care. But let me submit this to you. That when we have our priorities out of whack, and when we have our things cumbered about and thoughts cumbered about and what priorities are, there's no telling what we'll do. There's no telling what we'll say. There's no telling what kind of accusation we'll level against God. There's no telling what kind of division will creep in amongst us when our priorities are not set, when they're not centered, when they're not accurate. There's no telling what we're liable to say to one another. How many times have you seen it when, when, when something's so insignificant, and I don't mean insignificant in the matter that it does not matter, 
Because the matters and order of things are very excruciatingly important. There is order in the house of God. Paul wrote to Timothy and said, I've written these things that you might know how to behave yourself in the house of God. It is important. It's of the utmost importance. However, tonight, how many times have you seen something so small and insignificant absolutely rip a church to shreds? I was on the phone uh, not too long ago with, a, with a, a brother of mine. He said, you know, I'm going to write a book for pastors and people in the church, all lay members included. He said, and one of those chapters is going to be, don't call a meeting over flowers. And I said, what are you talking about? This fellow, he's, he's, he's my buddy. And I said, what are you talking about? He said, he said, I had a friend. There was a contention in the body about flowers in the church one was upset that it was this color the other one was upset that it was that color and there's a big contention about it so the contention boiled to such a degree that the pastor called a meeting about the flowers in the church well they hashed that out in about 30 seconds and then somebody stood up and said i've got another thing that's on my mind <laughs> don't call a meeting over flowers in the church but, but I, I say that not to say that issues are not important. I say that to say if we take our mind and our heart off of the one thing, off of priority, off of, off of exactly where our mind should be, where our heart should be, where our eyes should be fixed, there's no telling what we'll say. I mean, this lady... Sister Martha leveled accusations against Jesus Christ who came to die for her, who came to secure her, who came to save her, that he didn't care. Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister had left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. Not only did she level an accusation against God that he didn't care, but then she proceeded to straighten God out. She said, I tell you what, you don't care and she's not helping me, but here's what you need to do, Lord. Oh, am I preaching now? <laughs> oh, my, 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 my. She began to instruct the Lord on what she, he should do. You remember the text Sunday morning about the two disciples on the, on the road to Emmaus? They were so discombobulated and had gotten their eyes off the one thing that they said we trusted it should have been him that would deliver us. It, and and, it's, and, and it, is, it is principle in each of our lives, in all of our lives. If we take our eyes off the one thing, well, what's the one thing, preacher? I'm getting there. Got to mention this first in verse number 41. So Jesus hears her complaint, sees the issue. You have Mary sitting at his feet, hearing the word of God, fellowshipping with Christ, listening to him, hanging off every word that he's spoken. Mary is, uh, Martha is busy. She's busying herself. Jesus answered after she proceeded to say, Lord, you don't care. My sister doesn't care either. And let me tell you what you need to do. The Lord says, Martha, Martha. Thou art careful and troubled about many things. Now notice something in the text. Martha's care and worry. Martha, Jesus said, you're careful and troubled about many things. Christ did not rebuke her for her service. That's not what Christ rebuked her for. He rebuked her for her inward anxiety and her outward agitation. She was so concerned about the meal that she forgot that Christ was the bread of life. And how many times does our priorities wane and the, and, and, and the Lord's not going to critique the service and the, and the care for serving the Lord but what he will deal is with our inward problem. The problem in here. And the problem in here. She was so concerned. And he rebuked her for her inward anxiety. Tonight the Lord's dealt with that. Casting all your care on him. It's the same word here. Same word that's used in, in Peter. It's the same word that's used here. Casting all your care on him for he careth for you. Take no 
thought for tomorrow. That word thought is the same Greek word here that's used for care. Same Greek word that's used in Peter for care. Casting all your care. Take no thought. Have no care. Be not anxious about tomorrow. For tomorrow shall bring forth the evil thereof. Evil in the day. Evil, sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. How many of you by taking thought can add one cubit to their stature? stature? That is to say, how many of you by trying to grow and force and anxiety and just... And just worry and care can make yourself grow taller. We're caring for things that we don't need to be caring about. We're anxious over things that we don't need to be anxious about. And if we're not careful, church, if we're not careful, we'll miss one thing. And that's what it narrows down to. This one thing. You can ask athletes and artists and teachers and musicians. And you can ask each and every individual, every successful businessman. How many times have you heard it say, hey, what's the one thing that you do? Or an athlete in an interview or an artist or a musician in an interview will say, well, I'll tell you the one thing that I do. And that's generally the thing that sets them apart from the field. One thing. Jesus said, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. But verse number 42, but one thing is needful. One thing. Not 20 things. Not 75 things. And oh, as Christians, don't we get in such a mess in our heart over so many things. We got to have this. We got to have that. We got to have this. We got to have this lined up and that lined up. And before you know it, you've turned into a legalistic mess inside of your heart thinking that what you're doing is what's pleasing God. Listen, honey, the thing that pleased God sat on a cross 2,000 years ago and bled and died for me and you. And, not, and, and your works and my works ain't going to get the job done tonight. It is Christ. It is Christ. Now some of you are shaking your head saying that. Demo. Listen, my righteousness is a result of what Christ done. And because of the work that Christ done, now he is doing the works of righteousness through me. It's not you and it's not me. It's according to his working, which worketh in me mightily. The book of Colossians tells us. There is one thing. She sat at his feet. One thing is needful. And Mary hath chosen that good part. That's interesting, isn't it? Because you can choose to do a lot of different things. You can choose to approach your life and, and your priorities in a lot of different ways. But it's interesting that Christ said she chose this one thing. And I'm here tonight at the one thing. You know what the one thing was? Verse number 39. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. You want to know what the one thing is tonight? Let me say it better. Do you want to know who the one thing is this evening. It is the Lord Jesus Christ. Period. Setting at his feet. And hearing his word. Fellowship and communion with him. And admiration. A looking unto Jesus. I would in my heart that God would create in me a clear vision of Christ in His Word. And that I would love Him and sit at His feet and enjoy His fellowship. And be content with nothing but to, but to, but to just get at His feet. Notice her posture. She sat at His feet. The relationship was right. Oh, and we'll wear ourselves out. We'll busy ourselves with everything in the world. But getting at the feet of Jesus. 
The main priority in the life of a Christian is this, the Lord Jesus Christ, that we cast our gaze on him. You say, what's the secret to the Christian life? Jesus Christ. You say, what's the secret for me to have victory in my life? Jesus Christ. You say, Brother Jay, well, how do I come to know Jesus Christ? Get in his word. Get in his feet. Cast yourself before him and say, Lord, I don't know much how to study. I don't know much what to say. I don't know much how to pray. But here I am at your feet. And you know what will happen? He that hath my words, he that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And him that loveth me, I will love him. And he shall be loved to my father. And I will manifest myself to him. Hallelujah. Christ is the Christian life. And there's only been one who's ever lived the Christian life. Only one. Only one. The Lord Jesus Christ. And you know what tonight? He lives in you. And he lives in me. I am crucified with Christ. Galatians 2 and 20. Nevertheless, I live. So I'm, I'm dead. But I'm alive. But it's not me that's alive. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I. So I'm a, I'm a walking dead man. I've been crucified with Christ. But I'm alive. Dead man. I'm, I'm alive, but I'm dead. I'm dead, but I'm alive. And it's Christ that liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of who? The Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. You say, Brother Jay, I need to do this to live a better Christian life. I need to do this. I've got to get busy over here doing this and I'll be a, I'll be a better Christian. I need to get busy over here. And then it's a vicious cycle. You, 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 I, listen, I, believe me, church, I know what I'm talking about tonight. I've lived this vicious cycle of Buddy, I'll be on fire for the Lord one week or one day, and then I'll fail, I'll mess up, Brother Terry, and I'm just down in the dumps the next. I'm high on the mountain one day, and then I'll, buddy, I'll, I'll get my mind on the bills, I'll get my mind on the situation, I'll get my mind on responsibilities, and the next thing you know, I'm so cold on Christ and not thinking about Him, not treasuring Him, not loving Him. And then, buddy, I'll go to a big camp meeting where they'll say, well, you need to do this, and you need to do that, and you need to do this, and you need to do that, and you got to do this, and then maybe you'll, you know, grow. Oh, tonight, one thing, you can narrow down your Christian experience and your Christian walk in one thing, Jesus Christ. That's why we're here. That's why we gathered tonight. That's why we gathered Sunday. Oh. Oh, my word. It's, thank God. Thank you, Lord. The Son of God became the Son of Man so that we, the sons of men, might become the sons of God. And in light of what He has done, in light that He lives inside of us, that's the problem with main, uh, main culture Christianity. That's the main with... That's the problem with mainstream Christianity. We have made it so much about us. We've made it so much about ourselves. We've made it so much about our issues. We've made it so much about what we can do, what we're going to do. That's not discrediting service. But if you can ever get a clear glimpse of Jesus Christ, buddy, you'll be ready to charge hell with a squirt gun and serve the Lord. Amen. If we can ever oh, find a passion and a love for Jesus Christ and see him, the crucified, risen Savior, we'll be wanting to tell everybody we know about this man named Jesus. You'll be beside your buddy at work and you'll just be sitting there and, and you'll be thinking on Christ and you'll be, and he don't even know it. 
at this point, but you'll be thinking on him and thinking about and thinking about his word, thinking about what he's done for you, how much you love him, and, and you're looking forward to getting somewhere and talking to him, and then you'll just look over at your buddy and say, hey, have you met Jesus? I'm talking, this thing is so organic, is so alive, and so much Christ that there's no... Oh, my word. I told a fellow about a man today. His name was Morris Hoggs, and he couldn't read. He listened to the Bible, Alexander Scurby on cassette tape. Brother Morris Hoggs at Hayesville, North Carolina. But, buddy, when he hit his knees, Brother Tim, when he got along with God in prayer, he was no stranger in that holy place. And when he prayed, he talked to the Lord like he was his friend, like he was his best friend, like he was his buddy, and like they was just picking up conversation from where they left off five minutes ago. And he had, I sat at a bait shop on Shooting Creek one night, and I asked an old sinner that, uh, and he later gave his life to Christ and gave his heart to Christ. I later I asked that man, I said, uh, you know Morris Hogsett? He said, I know Morris Hogsett. And you could tell he was still hung over from, he said, I heard that man uh, mentioned my name and it echoed through that those mountains that he prays on back up yonder on Hot House in Shooting Creek. Hey, if we need if we want effectiveness, let's get our eyes back on Jesus. And our heart back on Christ. Spurgeon said, Lord, enable me to be a non-anxious one. May I be so eager after heavenly things that I altogether leave my earthly cares with thee. Let us spend life on the one thing and it will be well spent. As for the secondary objects, they also will be ours if we pursue the one thing and the one thing only. Two Boy Scouts, and I'm done. Two Boy Scouts were supposed to do a good deed every day. And uh, so they went out, and they came back to the scout troop, and they were beaten up, disheveled, clothes were torn. I mean, they were, they were, they were a bloody mess, two Boy Scouts. And they came back in, and their leader said, well, what in the world has happened to you? They, the two Boy Scouts said, well, we did our good deed today. And they said, well, my goodness, what in the world was your good deed? They said, well, we helped an old lady across the street. We helped her get from one side of the street to the other. So the leader said, fellas, that's, that's wonderful. That's a great deed, and I'm glad you helped the old lady. But that doesn't explain why you're so torn up, straight up and down. And the boys responded, well, she didn't want to go. <laughs> Tonight, our, our priority should not be against the flow of what God is doing and what God is doing in the hearts of His children. See, I've been preaching this, and I, I, I've almost said it every service. The Spirit hath been sent into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. What the Lord is doing inside of you and inside of me. For we know that all things work together for good to them who love God, who are the called according to His purpose. The Bible says, for whom... He did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be. So there's a destination to that. That's what the word predestination means. Anyhow, there's a destination. He, once you come to Christ, he has predestinated you to be conformed to the image of his dear son. So, but Terry, what does that mean for me and you? That means that what God is actively doing in your life by his divine providence is leading you and working you inside and outside of situations in life so that he can point you to his dear son that dwells inwardly and make you like Jesus. Make me like Jesus. My, my, my. Sometimes we want to push God in the direction that he just ain't a-going. Well, that's a losing battle, ain't it? That's a losing battle. Now, what the Lord is doing. See, for we are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus. Unto good works. See, we get that backwards. 
We say, well, we've been, we're, we're to do good works which will make us something good in Jesus. No, no, no. No, 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 no. The Roman Catholics believe that. The legalists believe that. Those that try to impress God by who they are, what they're doing, what's going on, believe that. We believe that we are His workmanship. That He did something in us. And that He lives inside of us. And that He's alive inside of us. And in spite of that, and in light of that, He is doing the work through us. And He's created us to good works. You see, tonight, if we'll just get at His feet and love Christ and love Jesus and our focus is on Christ and our focus is on His Word. I'd, uh, again, let me, let me say this and I'm done. I, I, I'm telling you, I've lied more tonight. What time is it? Oh, it's, ten, it's nine till. Your favorite show don't come on till uh, nine tonight. And it's so easy to get your eyes off the Lord. Oh my goodness, it's so easy to get your... This has been alright tonight. I've been a little bit different tempo, but I'm liking it okay. I've been a little different. Uh, been a little di different. I'm normally just wide open, but, but I, I got to tell you this. The Lord's been doing something special at Charlie and I, I, and, and I was home over the past five months. The Lord's just been working in, in, in our heart and in our home. And it's so, it's so easy. The Lord called me to preach when I was 15. Now, let me, say, let me say this to you. The Lord called me to preach, saved me when I was 10, called me to preach when I was 15. Is at a missions conference at our church. I've told the story before. Is at a missions conference at our church. That missions conference turned into revival. Brother Jimmy Millsaps was preaching that meeting at our church. And he's a preacher from up in Robbinsville, North Carolina, where my dad's people's from. And where all of my dad's side of the family's from is up in Robbinsville. Mama's side's from South Alabama, L.A., Lower Alabama. You follow. And uh, if you've ever been to the beach or the coast, whatever you call it, you've passed through, you follow. Anyway, um, the Lord called me when I was 15. And Brother Tim, all I knew during that time when the Lord called me, I, I, I hadn't been going to a bunch of youth meetings, and that's wonderful. And I hadn't been going to a bunch of camp meetings, and that's wonderful too. And I, and I hadn't been, I hadn't went to a Bible seminary while I was going in high school. And that's wonderful too. Again, don't misunderstand me this afternoon. These things are, are, are good and in, in, and in order. But where the Lord had me was up in a little laurel thicket. Up behind the house. And I got reintroduced to the one who saved me in my, and, and the Lord the Lord just did a mighty work in my heart. And all I cared about doing was getting back to that place. I'm talking about a 15-year-old boy. I, 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 if it rained, I got my umbrella. If it snowed, I put on plenty of clothes. If it was cold, I put on plenty of clothes. If it was hot, I'd just throw my overalls and I'd, I'd head back up yonder. I like overalls, Brother Tim. I'd just throw my overalls and I'd head back up there, Brother Ron. And, and just God and me. And me and God, and that's all I knew. I didn't know what I was going to do after high school. I didn't know what the way forward was. I didn't know what the plan was. I didn't know what the path was. I didn't know what laid ahead. All I knew is Jesus loved me, and I didn't understand why. And I was really getting happy about it back up on that mountain. God was working in my heart, and God made it clear to me. Now, Brother Terry, I didn't hear an audible voice. But, buddy, it came close. It came close. I, I felt the call of God, the urgency. And I asked God, I asked God specifically for days on end. I, I went for a spell there where I didn't even eat. I just, I needed to know, God, what are you, what are you doing? And, and, and I think that's healthy in the life of a child of God, confirmation. And the Lord confirmed it in my heart that he had called me. I, I came down the mountain high stepping. I came and told dad, he said, if you can run from it, run from it, son. <laughs> he, he, was, he was checking me. He said, I want you in the will of God. He said, but if you can run from that call, you're not called. And I'd, uh, I'd, 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 God would just work it in my heart. Call me to preach. Now it's my call to preach. And I'm going to get real vulnerable with you tonight. I'd, uh, we'd, we'd, I'd traveled around. Immediately my date book went from zero to, I was in 42 to, to 50 churches oh, every weekend. Just I'm, I'm talking about fit. My, my papa drove me 
to my place is my granddaddy, dad, dad's dad, Papa, he drove me to the place I had to preach. Then my sister started driving me, and then she got upset because she didn't get any love offerings. But uh, <laughs> So then she said, I'm not driving you anymore. <laughs> so I had to start giving her some of the love offerings. I never got anything over $20, so there wasn't much there. <laughs> and uh, so anyway, the Lord just did this. And, and still, even then, in those churches, in those early days of my ministry, I just, it was just the Lord. And, and, and if I was in Ohio preaching, I just wanted to get back to that law thicket along with the Lord Jesus Christ. And I did. I took my eyes off the Lord and. Started getting invited to a lot of places. Started going to a lot of places. And that's all well and good. And my mind was so novice. I was such an infant in the Lord that I couldn't distinguish priority. I said, I got to get here. I got to get there. I got to do this. I got to go here. I got to be involved here. I got to be in with these guys. I got to be in with these folks. Well, that's well and good. But my eyes got off Jesus. I started looking at heroes. And my heroes failed. I started looking at people that I loved and cared for and that I thought loved and cared for me. And I got my heart broke, Brother Ron. Any of y'all know what I'm talking about tonight? And so, and the Lord was still working in my heart. I mean, still working on because He would always, He would always bring me back to the one thing. And then here I'd go again. Just off, out in there, whatever's next. Then I started working, and that was, the, I mean, it, it was just, it was all over the map. And the Lord, just that vicious cycle, y'all know what I'm talking about, and I'm done, I'm rambling on. It's all right, we may have should have just titled this message, Jay's Ramblings. But, uh, so, through the years, just a vicious cycle. And I want to thank the church, we, uh, you know, we, we, we took that spell, we, Charlie and I went up to the, to the meeting, and I had not been in a camp meeting in 10 years, in 10 years. Just preached where God opened doors for me. Preaching churches where God opened doors for me. Preaching, preaching, preaching ministries, God opened the doors for me. If it was a jail opportunity, God opened up, I preached. If it was a radio opportunity, I opened, God opened up, I preached there. If it was, uh, I, I, I'd preach with a buddy of mine up on the street, and, and churches would call, and churches would ask. We had churches that asked us to come after Charlie and I got married. And, 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 and just so much, so many details. i got to move on or I'm going to turn this into a two-hour service tonight. <clears throat> we went up to this meeting and a man I'd never heard, a man I'd never seen, and a man who's really not a big personality in camps and the culture, and he stood to preach. And Charlie and I both sat in our pews, and Charlie and I had not spoken about anything Charlie and I hadn't said anything. We just both sat there weeping at the feet of Christ. And God made something apparent to me that night. And it has not left me everything. Everything. I don't care if it's your job or if it's the food that you're eating. I don't care if it's the church, if it's the ministry, if it's a Sunday school class. If it's a, I, it makes no difference what it is. Everything is about Jesus Christ. Everything. Jesus Christ is the focal point of God the Father. Jesus Christ is the focal point of this book. Jesus Christ is the Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Lord made it apparent to me, if we're ever going to make it far, if we're ever going to walk with God, we must turn our eyes on Jesus. I've been preaching this for about four services now, ain't I? Just, just solid. Turn our eyes on Christ. Amen. Well, I tell you what, let's stand for just a moment. I want to give you an opportunity to respond. If you need to pray, come on down. Sister Megan, if you would, come to the piano and play softly for us, please. As she plays, if you feel the need, we've already prayed.